0: Hello, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm sorry it's been a while. I've been kind of busy, and I hope there isn't too much background noise. But today I'll be reading Chapter 16 of Wings of Fire, The Lost Air. Tsunami twisted around, hoping to see something familiar. To be honest, hoping to see Riptide. But the ocean was dark and wild, and it seemed like everything alive had gone into hiding until the storm passed. So I figured out myself. Tsunami set her jaw. She patted the egg through the harness. Don't worry, I can do this. They'd ridden a a current most of the way here. Did she have to fight it all the way back? She swam slowly forward until she felt the water try to shove her away. Maybe she just could keep a wing tip into the current and and follow it that way. Several wing beats later, she pulled away from the current to rest, exhausted and confused. Why was this so hard? Riptide, where are you? Perhaps she could find her way back in the air instead. She just had to look for the island shaped like a dragon skeleton. How hard could that be? Tsunami lashed her tail to power to the surface. She burst out in a pounding pounding cacophony of thunder and roaring waves. Rain crashed down on the scales like hailstorm. The wind immediately tried to grab her and carry her off. She fought hot. She fought to stay balanced and fly straight. But she was already lost. She could see an island to her left, but she didn't know if that one was close to the deep palace or if she'd been swept to another, or whether it was on the way back to the summer palace or not. <clears throat> a dark shape on the surface of the water caught her eye. She rubbed her snap, shaking off the raindrops. Riptide? She flew lower. It wasn't dragon. It was some kind of odd vessel, like a large bowl floating on the water. And huddled inside of it were two scavengers, scrawny and silking wet. That doesn't help me at all, Sonoma I'm not even hungry right now. She beat her wings to upward again, and one of the scavengers looked up. Its eyes were as green as glories, and the smooth face the same brown color as clay scales. Tangled dark hair snarled around its shoulders. Tsunami had seen a few scavengers up close before, one in the mountains and two in the sky arena. It struck her again how dragon-like their eyes were. It was sort of unsettling, really. She wondered if they could breathe or swim, because these two were about to get swamped and end up at the bottom of the ocean. Unless I help them, as if I have time for that, she hesitated. Maybe all scavengers look, the way, look that way all the time, but if she had to guess... She'd say their expressions were terrified. On the other hand, I might as well help somebody. Maybe it'll give me luck. Tsunami swooped down and snatched up the vessel in her talons. It was heavier than it looked, and she immediately dropped it. The two scavengers let out their long, piercing bird shrieks as the vessel smacked back into the water. Oh, calm down, Tsunami thought. She flew around in a circle, fighting the gust of wind, and wrapped her front talon around each scavenger. They both shrieked some more and banged uselessly against her claws. How do scavengers accomplish anything, Tsunami wondered, flapping toward the island. They don't seem to have any useful dragon qualities, and yet they manage to seize treasure and occasionally kill a queen and start a war. That's right, she remembered, giving the scavengers a little shake. I'm mad at your kind. It's your for all of is happening. They screamed in a satisfying, terrified way. On the other hand, it's pretty unlikely that th- that it was the- these exact scavengers who killed Queen Oasis and set off the same wing war of succession. So, I suppose I'll let them live. She dropped them on the island beach. They staggered to their feet and fled up toward the trees in the cave without a blackboard fence. Pathetic little creatures. Tsunami's wings ached from fighting the storm. She had to try to go back underwater. She dove in with a splash and searched the dark water again for Riptide. Had he given up on her? Was he hiding from the storm like a smart dragon would, figuring she'd be safe in the deep palace? Well, there was one thing that had gotten his attention before. She opened her wings and lit up all her stripes, like she'd done in the tunnel. The glow blazed blazed through the water and then shut And then she shut them down again and waited. Nothing. She tried again. It came for a bit of a headache, lighting up all her stripes, like that, and left her dazzled, dazzled blind for a few moments afterward. She did it sometimes for the other dragonets when the caves got too depressingly dark, or Castle tried to punish them by taking away all the torches. Glory hated that the most. She couldn't stand the dark. Tsunami thought of this about the summer palace, where there was no fire allowed except in one cave, and all the light came through the canopy up above. Not much light could be filtered down from the sky in the middle of a storm. Her friends were probably sitting in the dark right now, listening to the water climb up the beach toward them. I have to get back to them, Tsunami thought, blazing all her stripes again. Right in front of her, Riptide flung up flung up his wings to shield his eyes. Tsunomi grabbed his claws and turned down her stripes. She jabbed her talon in the direction she thought was Summer Palace. Summer Palace was. "'Oh, why don't I know how to say anything useful?' she thought. He rubbed his eyes and squinted at the egg attached to her. His expression said, "'Something you forgot to mention?' She whacked his tail with hers and pointed again. She remembered the pattern for urgent and lit it up. Riptide nodded and began paddling toward the surface. We don't have time to chat, Tsunami thought, frustrated, but she followed him because she had no choice. Before she reached the air, Riptide swung around and slid into another current. As far as Tsunami could tell, it went in the direction of the summer palace. He beckoned her after him, and Tsunami ducked into the current as well. All right, I suppose I could have looked for one of those. Maybe traveling the sea wasn't about being strong and fighting with it all the time. Maybe it was about trusting the currents and knowing where they were. Maybe it would just take time before she figured them out. She lashed her tail to keep up with the riptide as they swung around islands, dodging, billowing clouds of translucent jellyfish. The current sped up, sped them along, but the journey still felt endless, and Tsunami couldn't stop thinking about her friends. She should have fought harder to make her mother accept them. How could anyone not trust K- Clay? Even though he had... Every thought he had was written all over his big, sweet, goofy face. And Sunny, those two were the most trustworthy of the bunch. So now we didn't think Sunny had ever had had a negative thought in her life. She did what she was told, and happily, she believed the best of everyone, even Kestrel and Dune. Which didn't say much for Sunny's judgmental or intelligence. But the point was, the littlest dragonette would never hurt or betray anyone, not even a bunch of seevings she barely knew. Starflight was the opposite of Sunny. Very smart, totally unreliable, terrified of the world. He tried so hard to know everything, just so he could be useful in some way. He wasn't brave. He wasn't a good fighter. He didn't even have any useful nightwing powers yet. Most of the time, Tsunami felt sorry for him, at least when he wasn't trying to steal her position as the leader of the group. But if Queen Coral would give him a chance, she might see that his intelligence could really be e- be really useful, especially in fighting the other tribes. He probably knew more about the war and the different tribes than any other dragon in Priorya. Glory, well, Coral didn't know it, but Glory was probably the least trustworthy and most dangerous of all of them. Her secret wet venom proved that. She so curled her talons in. In the Skywing Palace, why had Glory waited so long to save her friends? If she used her venom on Queen Scarlet earlier, Tsunami wouldn't have to kill her father, wouldn't have had to kill her father. Plus, she always talked like she didn't care about the prophecy, and then got mad when the other dragons pointed out that she wasn't in it. It was hard to figure out what she really wanted, and Tsunami could definitely live without her sarcastic comments. But Glory had saved them all in the end, at in the Skybean Kingdom. She killed to protect her friends. And I notice and I notice nobody seems all mad at her about that, Tsunami thought bitterly. Instead I'm the crazy impulsive one, like that's fair. Still, if Glory would do that for them, then Queen Coral should learn to trust her too. When mother gets back to the Summer Palace, Tsunami thought, I'll talk to her. I'll make sure she treats them like my friends, not prisoners. No matter how mad they were they made her, Tsunami didn't want anything bad to happen to any of them. And after two days of sea wings, she had to admit she kind of missed them, even Starflight and Glory. The spiral-horned rocks loomed out of the dark ahead of her, with the golden seagrass curtain behind them. Riptide paused at the rocks, swimming backward as if he was going to leave her there. Tsunami wound her tail around his and faced him. Come, she said, wishing she knew the pattern for please, and I might need your help, and the queen is far away and won't return until the storm is over. But all she could say was, come. Apparently that was all she needed. Riptide nodded and gestured to to the curtain, letting her lead the way. She unwound her tail and ducked through into the tunnel. The curtain in the tunnel felt faster and heavier than before. She splashed out into the Summer Palace Cavern and turned toward the beach. The white pebbles had been swallowed by the rising water, and the cave mouth was bare, was already partly underwater. There were no seawing guards and no sign of her friends outside the cave. Tsunami looked up, wondering if they'd moved to a higher cave, but all she saw was a few curious sea winged faces peering down. Most of the drylands had taken refuge out of the way of the dripping canopy. Being all wet was wonderful, but having your head splattered one and ha, having your head splattered one annoying drop at a time was not as much fun. Tsunami paddled over, paddled over to the beach and felt the pebbles scrape under her claws as she climbed up to the cave. The water was only up to her underbelly, but she could tell it was rising quickly. I lapped around the egg, chilly and unwelcoming. Tsunami remembered that she was supposed to keep it warm. Hang in there, little sister, she thought, not much longer. Hello? she said into the cave. Her eyes adjusted to the darkness, and she saw one giant lump of shadow piled near the back. Her heart lurched. No. Were those her friend's bodies? Had she come too late? I, um, just a I know, I will be, I'll try to keep up the pace of doing one podcast a day, but I might be going a bit slower because I'm a bit busy.